Welcome, everybody. Welcome along to Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast from Your Life Choices. Uh, my name's John Deeks, and that's not important. Kay Fallick is important because she's the publisher and uh, she's the boss of the whole outfit. Hiya, Kay. I find you very important. Oh, you're very kind. Because without you, we couldn't do this. Well, you could very no, easily, I mean, actually. I mean, I mean that. Um, I mean it sincerely. Kay, let's, let's stop saying about how wonderful we are and t- <laughs> tell everybody how wonderful our members are. Our members are fantastic. You know what we haven't given a plug? People who might be listening who are not a member. Yes, so join up on any page of the website. You have the opportunity to become a member. But GK, it doesn't well, cost well, money. Oh, really? No. Hello. It should. Got but my it attention. <laughs> so if you become a member of Your Life Choices, what's in it for me, Kay? Oh, you won't get a thing. But well, I the am. Member, I'm sixty. I'm only sixty-nine. Member, you're, you're already a member, John. Am uh, I? The oh. member will receive daily e-newsletters ah. on money, health, travel. Deals, resources, pension updates, everything they need to know to live the most affordable retirement. And again, the cost of that is? Nothing. So if you know somebody who would be interested in some of the things that we speak of and so much more, then get them to sign up to the uh, Your Life Choices website, uh, simply yourlifechoices.com.au, the e-newsletter, e- which I get, uh, I think I get one almost every day. It's, you do. It's lovely. You do. And it's it's full of interesting bits and pieces. Uh, we've spoken about so many different uh, subjects and we're going to speak with some more interesting subjects coming up uh, in this episode of uh, Mind Your Own Retirement is... Uh, Rod Koenig, who's an estate planning lawyer. He's more than that. More John. than that. More than that. He's our guru. He's our legal guru. Guru. <laughs> guru. And he helps people protect what is theirs. Yeah, that is incredibly important. And we know that um, as you get older, you get more frightened. I think you want to secure yep. what you have you do. for you yourself do. and your family. Steve Perkins. Now, that's a very interesting name because Steve Perkins was a very famous journalist. Well, he still is in our office. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and of course, his, his family is, uh, is very much involved in, in, in journalism. Royalty. Going way back. Royalty. Well, that's it. Journalism yep. royalty. Uh, he's going to be talking about health. What's he going to be talking about? Orgasms. And travel. A bit later on as well with Jeff Gillies. Yes, Jeff's the commercial director from Coral Expeditions, an Aussie cruise company. What did you say the health was going to be on? Health is scientific facts about orgasms. I thought that's you what you said. That. No, you I th- missed I that. Thought you didn't that... respond. No, I uh, – okay, good. So there's something for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, look, uh, let's get into our first uh, chat. Coming up next, folks, we're speaking legal matters with Rod Koenig. This is Mind Your Own Retirement. We're going to talk legal talk, but we're going to do it in a very easy and sensible, clear-cut way, aren't we, Kay? We have a star on the line. We have Rod Koenig on the line. Rod, uh, welcome to you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, you are a lawyer who speaks plain English, and we love that. And something else, he's also funny. Oh, and a star of your um, uh, our, seminars. Our, our retirement boot camps, Rod, I think it's fair to say, is the favourite speaker of our members. And he normally would spend about 45 minutes or an hour 
sharing what he's about to share in 7.25 minutes. Okay. Well, Rod, first of all, we'd need to know your three top tips of things one should do legally when one is of a certain age. Well, the certain age that start there is that now, no matter what age you are, you can never start planning uh, your retirement and the protection of your assets and the succession of your assets too early. So um, perhaps when you're an infant, it's a bit early, but uh, as soon as you're old enough to do uh, sign documents legally is the appropriate time to start thinking about um, estate planning. In terms of the tips, the, the very starting point, even before I get to actual tips, is to think about preparing for your long-term future, both when you get frail and perhaps even demented and then perhaps when you're deaf, start thinking about it like you would a business plan or even going shopping or planning for a holiday. And that is, unless you sit down and actually think about what the destination is, where you're going and what you want to achieve, then the one thing I can guarantee is you will never get there. So the, the first starting point is to take time out to think about what it is needs to be thought about and addressed. That is plan for the future. So in, in terms of what sort of things should we be looking at, the very simplest thing that you can do to help get your own affairs in hand is to actually sit down and, and work out what you own. Now, that might seem like a very simple task, but when you sit down and, and think about it, um, most people say, well, look, I own the house. I own the superannuation and maybe you've got an investment trust that own that and, and a whole range of different things. But if you actually look at who is on title and actually owns these things, quite often it's not the person themselves. Like uh, the superannuation is not owned by you, it's owned by a superannuation fund. And the question then is, well, what happens when I die? Who gets it? And by identifying what you own and in whose name it is that you can then work out who will receive the asset when you pass away. So that's your starting point to, the, to find out and, and document what you've got, yeah. A- absolutely, and, and that's half, the, half the, the, the battle. So do you think people don't do this because we know the numbers on how many people have actually made a will and the numbers aren't good? Do you think people don't do this, Rod, because you just feel paralysed because you don't file your paperwork properly or something? Or um, denial. Denial. Well, I, I, it, varies, um, it varies from individual to individual. Some people refuse to think about these issues because they think thinking about it will bring about death. Other people mm. are just uh, naive uh, in that they don't understand the importance and the significance of of understanding these things. It's just not an issue. I mean, none of us sit down over over sort of a Sunday lunch with a beer and say, let's talk about death. Isn't it a wonderful thing? I mean, hey, Rod, uh, if, just, just to tell people um, what happens, if I die tomorrow and I don't have a will, what happens? In each state and territory in Australia, there are legislation that provides a formula will that will stand in as your will if you don't have one yourself. And the formula varies from state to state. So depending where you are, uh, everything might go to your spouse um, or it might go to your girlfriend or it might have to be in New South Wales if you've got a a, a de facto um, and an ex-wife that you haven't divorced and children of both relationships, then uh, there's a really complicated formula that has to be applied which boils down in part to both uh, 
your de facto and your ex having to reach agreement about how to sell up your estate. So uh, that's likely. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. So the bottom line is, if you want to take control of your assets, if you want to take control of who gets what and of what percentages, do a will. You've got to do a will. Understand what you own and do a will. But there's one other element that's absolutely critical, and that is that you need to get some advice because you can go to your local post office and get a template will, and you can fill in all the blanks, and it will work for the purpose of passing assets from yourself to the people you nominate. That is, if you don't uh, muck up the, the, the completion of the document. But what it doesn't do, it doesn't explain to you in the process what the traps are, what the tax consequences are, and what uh, litigation um, you might be provoking by filling the, <laughs> the, the will in the way you've done it. Because, Rod, as we know, Rod, where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, there's usually more than one. And uh, um, mm. I, I've just done a, a review of a number of uh, articles this morning, and almost every dispute of a celebrity that's currently before the court involves blended families, whether it's his, hers and their children or some combination. And, uh, mm. and most estates now with superannuation and the value of a home increasing over the last two decades, usually there's enough money to fight over and people do. Okay, so certainly number one is sort out what you, what you own, what your assets are, do a will, get advice when and, you're doing and it. share with your family. Tell your wishes to your family. So yeah. we're talking about you a lot, but it, really if you're married or partnered, I think to walk down the road and organise your affairs without some kind of conversation could be a pretty silly thing to do. I, yeah. I see a lot of um, fights between children or uh, children and step-parents when their parent dies arise because when the will is read, people are caught by surprise. And uh, quite often, uh, I believe that you can avoid disputes or minimise disputes if you sit down with your family members and say, I've drafted a will providing X, Y and Z. Um, if anyone's got a, a, a complaint about that, let, let's talk about it now. Let me explain where why I've done things. And, um, and, and that can help defuse a lot of emotion that it can occur because... People, when they hear a will read and they see that one family member has been saved over another, take it in the very worst light and say, well, this is just Dad saying that he hates me or didn't like me as much as my sister. And, and that causes conflict between siblings. So having the conversations is really, really important because if, if a parent is not game to have a conversation with their children about what they've put in their will, you can be guaranteed the kids aren't going to be able to talk about it once they pass away. They'll just throw lawyers at each other. Yeah, absolutely true, Rod. Look, uh, thank you so much for giving up your time. Uh, we'd love to have you back uh, talking about powers of attorney and uh, some other matters too. So uh, would you be able to come back and join us again? Anytime you wish. Great. Thank you. Rod Kunick, who uh, is our lawyer. And uh, he's our funny, smart lawyer. Very smart. And, and very... he writes for us and takes Q&A on Your Life Choices website. And speaks plain English. Yes. Well, thank you so much indeed. Mind your own retirement. This is me, John Deeks, and Kay Fallick, the publisher of said magazine, Your Life Choices. We'll be back with more right after this. I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. 
Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with your life choices, Pension Checker. This is Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast from Your Life Choices, and we've got uh, with us in the studio. We've only had him on the phone, but now we've got him in the studio. Steve Perkins, uh, a big hello to you. How are you, John? Nice I'm very, very here. well. Come in nice and close to that microphone because we want to hear everything you're going to say, uh, and you've got a lot to say. Uh, Kay, this uh, young man in front of you, what's he going to be talking about? He is talking to the fact of National Orgasm Day. And telling us scientific facts about orgasms, John. Okay. So, Steve, over here. I'm not sure why this topic was given to me. Um, I could throw in a line about being the biggest wanker on the staff, but um, I'm not sure that that's appropriate. But um, before we get started, you remember the film um, When Harry Met Sally? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have what she's having. Yeah. Well, that was in a a restaurant in... um, New York's Lower East End called Cats. Mm. And on our first day in New York, we were sitting right next to the table where that was filmed because there's a sign comes down from the roof saying, at this table, they filmed the And that was Rob Miner's mum, the director's mother, who did that. Who said, I'll have... I'll have what she's having. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. But it was it was quite interesting to be sitting there in the uh, in the same restaurant where they, where they filmed it. Now, look, obviously there's a... Um, uh, when you start to... Saying that there's a National Orgasm Day, yeah. uh, everyone's going to start to snigger and uh, all the rest of it. But in fact, it's it's a very very important part of our well-being. Well, it is. I, I, I'm sort of a little bit bemused by um, the concept of a National Orgasm Day because, I, and having read a bit about it, um, I tend to be of the view that the more you think about it, the more you may create mental hurdles for yourself, and that perhaps you perform better uh, if you're more relaxed. Um, that's sort of my view of it. Uh, so what is the purpose of the day? Who, and first up, who came up with the concept of Well, I don't know who came up for the concept. No one's sort of putting their hand up that I could, uh, that I could find out. But it's, I assume it originated in America and they hold it in, um, in August. And we have it in May, although I've never oh, heard like of the it. It's Queen's birthday. It's not actually on the day. <laughs> Why May? Yeah. <laughs> why August? Hey, why not any time? <laughs> well, waiting all year for one day sounds kind of restrictive, John. Yeah. Don't um, you think? So yeah. Well, there were there are numerous websites that end up telling you that having an orgasm can be uh, very physically and mentally beneficial. Highly They're, beneficial. Yeah. There are a few that that argue the contrary, but I suspect those sites t- tend to result from. Um, people overthinking the whole thing too much. Um, but some of the benefits in there... Religious and social uh, norms have, uh, have changed so much uh, in the understanding and the acceptance it's of... Still, it's still a bit of a taboo, taboo. But we still don't talk about it much, do we? I mean, if... It well, it's, int- a very, it's a very intimate part of one's life. Uh, well, probably the most intimate part, I would have thought. I mean, you can talk about um, having an active sex life, but you don't actually talk about... Well, did you orgasm? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not sort of part of the conversation. So what's hoped to be but, achieved? Well, well, I think if you feel like um, going to bed early to look after yourself, you've got to realise that there are a lot of upsides to it. Mm. Um, what's the research and, say? Well, I'll show you. I'll run a couple by you here. Uh, 
A 2009 study found that having an orgasm raises the levels of estrogen in your body, which in turn prevents a decrease in collagen, uh, an important protein in maintaining the appearance of youthful skin. That's so why people say... What did you look at me for? I'm looking at you. We both looked at each other at the same time, Kay. That's why people oh God, say hasn't got you're a wrinkle. glowing. Yes. Ah, there you that's go. That's right. I think there's something yeah. medical behind oh, absolutely. the glowing. I'd never thought that. I just thought it was the cheeky grin on your face. No, no, no. You're quite right. It is uh, absolutely. People say, oh, and you know how you know as a woman, your girlfriends and you go out with your girlfriends and you say, oh, you're looking very happy. Uh-huh. And you go, uh, is there somebody uh-huh. new in your life? Yes, there is actually. Uh-huh. Um, My hairdresser tells me she can tell when someone has repartnered because they they absolutely. walk in differently. Yeah. Yeah. And their skin's better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should um, try it sometime, Steve. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, it's also said that mental concentration required to have an orgasm provi- provides a temporary relief from anxieties. Uh, and any such relief, no matter how short, is a good thing. Now... I was once told to play golf to get over mental issues, but now I've got this other thing in my life, which is, um, uh, and, and it makes sense, you know, if you do anything intensely, I guess, for be it one minute, two minutes or four hours, if you play golf, uh, it's got to be good for you to relieve, take your mind off other things. It's balance, isn't it? Is it balance? Yeah, I suppose it's... Well, it's, uh, it's meditative, but it's it's balance that that you're stepping back from... The everyday, and, and it's it's very much part of uh, of the human existence. Mm. Uh, an orgasm once or twice a week is is good for your immune system. All orgasms can be relaxing as they boost endorphin levels. All orgasms can't cure cancer, but they help the body's natural detoxification process, which can help prevent cancer. Now, this uh, is not just Steve Perkins. No, these aren't my thoughts. <laughs> no, uh, where where my is first... this research from? Oh, well, it's from various bodies, it seems, um, anecdotally perhaps. A couple of studies that you can refer to. It. There's a 1997 study in the British Journal of Medicine which looked at 918 men aged 45 to 59 and they found that men who have fewer orgasms were twice as likely to die of certain causes as those who had two or more orgasms a week. And a follow-up study in 2001, which focused specifically on cardiovascular health, demonstrated that having sex three or more times a week was associated with a 50% reduction in heart attacks or strokes. Now, certainly for men, prostate cancer is reduced dramatically um, if there is uh, if they have orgasms. That's correct. Regularly, that's that, that correct. is a scientific fact. Uh, look. You know, we could trivialise this a lot, and we're not. Mm. But um, there are a lot of members of uh, of this group that uh, uh, have not got partners. And that's the thing I was just thinking. I don't think we're just talking about orgasms in terms of partners. of yeah. having a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when we had our sex. Um, edition a few weeks back, um, we talked about the value of masturbation. So, you know, not everybody has a partner all the time. Mm. Some people are between partners. Some are widowed. Um, We're talking about the benefits for everybody. Absolutely. And uh, very much part of uh, health and, in this case, uh, sexual health. Mm. Steve, uh, conclusions? Uh, Well, um, there are a lot of issues related to orgasm, as you just said, there's research that shows that one in three men experience premature ejaculation, while 
10 to 15% of women have never had an orgasm. Mm. Um, there's a, a, there are surveys around that I think uh, 10% of women have admitted to faking orgasms. I'm not quite sure why you'd do that. And there's a percentage of men that have also done that, which I'm quite, not quite sure how you get away with that one. Um, I think the other thing, though, that is the predominance with women in particular is that um, orgasm is not the ultimate to them, no. the ultimate sexual satisfaction or goal. Um, most of them, it, it's far more of a, uh, a mental thing, that they get far more stimulation f- from the mental side of a relationship than from the sexual side of a relationship. So, um, Quite right. If it's all not going great in the cot, don't despair. And, and I mean, and, and the cuddling, the intimacy is, is, is so crucial um, to, to one's well-being. And if that leads to orgasm, sensational. Connection. The, the medic, medicos refer to it as connection yeah and it is because you do feel very connected to a partner um if you are able to have that but as i say a lot of our members uh, are not in that position to have a partner so okay it's uh, very important to uh to be able to experience as much as you can and and uh, as you say in that survey um there are no downsides and i think it's also important to remember that the GP, the family doctor, yep, if yep. if you're listening to this and thinking, I don't get it, it's not part of my life, I'm one of those people who I'm hasn't experienced that. it, I'm yeah. past it. Um, if, if you're open and curious, why not talk to a medico and, and find out what you need? That's quite right. If if you feel there's a need there, yeah, and talk to your friends as well. Um, mm. You know, don't be shy. It's you know, we, we don't live in the dark ages anymore, and a lot of our uh, friends who are part of this podcast are from an era where it was never spoken of. Mm. Um, the young ones today, they see it as their right, yeah. and um, more power to them as well. But uh, that's a whole other subject. But um, Steve, thank you so much indeed for uh, for coming in and. Uh, Telling us uh, about Orgasm Day, which is in May. 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 I don't know the date. Which is interesting because my birthday is on the 1st of May. (laughs) Well, there you go. I I guess you know what I want for my birthday, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Steve. Take care. Steve uh, Perkins, who's uh, part of the the team here at Your Life Choices. And if you go to the Your Life Choices website, you'll find out a whole lot more. Uh, Where are we going to next, um, please, Kate? Ah, we're going to travel with Jeff Gillies. Stay with us, folks, and uh, buckle up. You're going to off to a nice trip. After looking after your money, the next thing we like to do is travel, don't we, Kay? That's why we save our money, John. Quite right. So we can spend it. So who, who can we spend it with and where can we go? Well, I have uh, had the pleasure of meeting... David Green from Coral Expeditions, and he has put us in touch with Jeff, who's the commercial director, because this is an Aussie cruise company. Sensational. From Coral Expeditions, the commercial director, Jeff Gillies, is on the line. G'day, Jeff. Hey, John and Kate. How are you? Where was the last place you went to, Jeff? Uh, The last place I went to with us was a uh, lovely seven-night trip around the Tasmanian coast, which, oh. uh, which was completely amazing. I had my young family there with me, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always nice to, uh, to see areas of the Australian coastline that you haven't seen before. An Australian company, Coral Expeditions. Tell us all about the company, how you started and what you do. So um, we're 35 years in 
2020. So next year is our is our coral anniversary, um, the 35th. We uh, an Australian company that was founded um, in Cairns and uh, basically sort of started uh, running what we call True Expedition, which is a, you know, a certain style of immersive and educational voyage. Have been doing the Great Barrier Reef sort of in three and four and seven night trips uh, for all of that time, and, and continue to do that today. About 25 years ago, uh, we pioneered the Kimberley Coast, and uh, you know that that is one of our mainstay products. It's a, a bucket list for most Australians. Mm. Um, and then we've added um, you know added vessels over that uh, that 35 years. So we're up to a fleet of of four vessels now, um, and we do both uh, you know to the Australian domestic coastline, but uh, we broaden a little bit further afield into uh, into international waters. So, Jeff, are, they, are these the uh, the ships we call expedition ships? Yes, yes. So they're by nature um, sort of small, intimate ships. Um, they have a shallow draft, which means that uh, you know that they can get uh, you know into remote corners and sort of up the far reaches of, of river systems. And really, it's about you know basically sort of taking your hotel with you as you uh, as you explore. Uh, remote coastlines and and get into nature in a way that it's you're not able to do by uh, rail or, or road or or air. Yeah. And I think one of one of the features I've heard Jeff about your ships are that the numbers are so manageable. So you're not one of three thousand or something silly. You're with smaller groups where it's more casual and you don't have to frock up for dinner. Can you talk to us about or that aspect? Up. Or line up or queue. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, small and intimate numbers um, are exactly our point of difference. Um, you can't do remote areas or remote communities and, and nature with large numbers. So on our current fleet, we have our smallest vessels take um, just above 40 passengers out on our largest and brand new vessel, the Coral Adventurer. Um, the maximum number is 120. And in an age where ships are getting sort of bigger and, and glitzier, you know, even in the expeditions section, there's there's companies out there that uh, that have, you know, sort of upwards of, of four and 600 passengers. And it's a fundamentally different experience. So um, you know, for us, um, we operate under an Australian flag, so mostly Australian New Zealand crew. That comes with a really relaxed and approachable um, style of hospitality that goes with it. Um, but it is about that magical moment of, of sort of stepping ashore or drifting through a reef system with nobody else around you. So, you know, that's that's the magic of, of expedition cruising and true expedition cruising. What length of uh, cruises do you do? Look, on, on the low end, um, our Great Barrier Reef product is around the, the seven night, um, along with our Tasmanian product. But then, you know, we, we have um, trips through the Kimberley at 10 nights. We have trips through Cape York and Arnhem, Arnhem Land and Papua New Guinea, which um, which is the wow. 15 nights. And we go all the way up to next year. We have a, a signature anniversary voyage, uh, which is the, the most ambitious project that we've ever undertaken. And that's a 60 night circumnavigation of Australia. Wow. Uh, stopping at, uh, at all sorts of amazing places, uh, you know, historical um, places that have shaped the nation of Australia from a maritime perspective. So there's a, I think the sweet spot for, um, you know, for people and what they're looking for is in that 10 to 20 night range. And one of the, the beautiful parts is that you're not having to deal with airports or multiple hotels. You, you pack and unpack once and your, uh, you know, your ship takes you to all these far-flung destinations, which is a, a great experience. So, Jeff, we have to cut to the chase because John's hungry. We want to know about <laughs> the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
always childhood scrape. When they're out, uh, out on expedition. Oh, look, it, it is. It is. It's a big part. Um, you know, again, in keeping with the expedition style, um, we're not about having multiple flash glitzy restaurants, but we, we provide, you know, a, an exceptional menu. So there's, there's three, three meals a day plus your uh, morning and afternoon teas. Um, they're inspired, like the, the, the menus that the, the, the chefs on board create are inspired by local produce. So, for instance, when we're in Tasmania, um, you know, we use amazingly fresh mm. local seafoods, cheeses, cool climate wines. Um, oh. As we travel through Indonesian waters, there's, an, there's, you know, there's uh, the menus inspired by, by local produce available on the way. So we're, we're providoring and stocking the ships with local produce, not, not carrying it around with us for, for months at a time. And yeah, good, hearty, re- really flavoursome food and beverage experience. So, what sort of age age groups uh, do you do you take on your ships? Uh, what predominantly, Jeff? Uh, g- generally, a, a slightly older generation, so fifty five through to really active eighty and ninety year olds. Um, you do, you know, to do expedition cruising, you do need to have a sort of a, a zest for adventure um, and um, need to be active and mobile and wanting to get out in nature. But, you yeah, know, it's quite quite a range, um, you know, generally given the the, um, the sort of the, the time that it takes to do expedition cruising, it's a, it's a slightly uh, slightly older, either retired or semi-retired. And, and I guess on board you have um, lectures on, on the various places you're going to. So it's not sort of like, uh, here's the Kimberleys, off you go. Yeah, the, the educational component um, is, is a really important part of what we do, and that, again, defines us from, from the rest. So we will have um, a team, um, so an expedition team with expedition leaders, and they're, they're generalists in, in marine biology and anthropology, those sorts of uh, backgrounds. And then we will always have guest lecturers on board as well, so you, you get a chance to spend uh, time shoulder to shoulder. Do you need anyone lecturing on game shows? Um, I, no, maybe not. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Do you know, I'm thinking of applying for the job yeah, of yeah. choosing Australian wines. There we the, are. Yeah, me. okay. Well, there's a job for both I'll, of us. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the research. Case. Yeah. So, so if people want to know more, uh, uh, Kay? So what we're doing is we're putting this up on our podcast page, including coralexpeditions.com. Um, but we are in close contact with the people, with Jeff's team at Coral Expeditions, and we are featuring a lot of the cruises as as the dates become sure, available. Sure. So on the Your Life um, Choices website, on our website, yeah. we're covering this in our travel section. So really appreciative, Jeff, of you making time. Gra- a great Aussie company, uh, great Aussie tours, and uh, more power to you, Jeff. Uh, pleasure. Thanks for the time, and hope to see you all aboard soon. Jeff uh, is the uh, commercial uh, director for Coral Expeditions. And uh, as Kay mentioned, you can go to to their website, which is uh, coralexpeditions.com.au or check out Your Life Choices website for more information. We're going to come back and uh, right after this, we'll have Kay's Nugget. And we've almost uh, wrapped up another episode of Mind your own retirement with Kay. And, of course, Kay likes to leave us with a little nugget of information, a little bit of tidbit that she'd like to leave us with. And I believe we're off to the Mediterranean, but we're going to eat something. Well, we talked about the Mediterranean last week, so it got me thinking about the Mediterranean diet. And I don't like the word diet because I don't like to be on a diet. I like to have a healthy eating plan. And but it's the Mediterranean uh, food intake, or uh, exactly, it's yeah. the way of eating. And I got predominantly, to... which is 
Well, it's it's uh, low meat, so it's daily consumption of veggies, fruits, uh, weekly fish, poultry, beans, eggs, moderate dairy, uh, limited, limited on the meat. Mm. But yes, that glass of wine is fine, John. Okay, so you should live forever. <laughs> But the thing is, I wondered why we, we in the 60s, cracked on to all the Mediterranean diet. And, of course, it came from observation of coronary heart disease where Mediterranean countries such as Greece and Italy, compared to the US and Europe, they were way down. Yep. And it's uh, healthy fats and it's that word that you and I aren't, really very familiar with abstinence moderation <laughs> oh <laughs> yes well everything there you are everything in moderation well as mother always said dear everything yeah. in moderation mm, and, exactly exactly uh, now and you know something else we should talk about one day is the mm. incredible lifespan of some of our uh, the folks in japan Mm, I want to go there. Yeah, Okinawa. Well, uh, well, they that's where they live a long, long time. Mm. So we need you need to go and do some research, lady. Let's do it. We'll be back next time with uh, more here <laughs> from Okinawa. <laughs> yeah, from my your own retirement. It's the podcast from Your Life Choices with Kay Fellick, the publisher, and me, John Deeks, doing I don't quite know what, but I'm here, and we'll be here next time. So please join us. Thank you for being part of Your Life Choices and Mind Your Own Retirement.